Yeah. I always press the wrong option. What can I say? All good. So how are, how are you? I'm great. I just got back from snowshoeing up at what's called Mount Bachelor uh, in Bend, Oregon. It's so amazing. They, they offer a really, really great program for disabled people. And for disabled veterans, they're offering three free skiing sessions, which is amazing. And their volunteer staff is beyond amazing. I really, really appreciate how they adapt to what we need. And, you know, they ask what your goal is. And today I was like, my goal is to finish. <laughs> and so it was great. It was sunny. There was no wind. They had to close the resort down uh, yesterday, I guess, throughout the weekend because it was too windy. So I was just glad that it was nice out. That's brilliant. I've seen some of the pictures, actually. It yeah, I just Lots of times. Lots of good times happening there. Yeah. So we've been we've been talking for we've been we've been talking since the Bobby Robertson interview, uh, and we've been trying to get you. I've been trying to get you on for well, we've been talking obviously uh, on uh, private messenger, and I've been I've been trying to get you on to talk about yeah, obviously your book as well, uh, and we're going to talk about uh, feed my city. Uh, so, but do you want to do you want to? Go back to the very start, how it all kicked off, what happened, what's, what's put you on this journey? Can I ask you that question? So, my what brought me to Oregon for my journey, or what, so the, unfortunately there were some events um, that I write about in my book where I was tortured for four months by the United States government. I went from 137 pounds to 107 pounds. And there was definitely some twists and turns and stuff that I had to do to basically prove who I was, where I was. And they had made it so that my records were pretty much gone. It wasn't even showing that I was in Bosnia and Croatia or that I had served in Germany. So I had to send my papers to congressional um, to get Congress, Congress to basically look. And, and I eventually won congressional mm -hmm hearings basically of one yeah. three now um and finally got my case somewhat heard but not um on a level that needs to be heard basically what i would like to do is have the government relook at my case so that this never happens on united states soil again so that it is seen as torture and that it's against what's called our geneva convention which is people that are captured with prisoners of war that they don't get tortured and I was tortured on government soil. So what I want to do is prevent this from ever happening again. Oh my goodness. This is this is all in the book. Isn't it? It's all in the book. It is. I'm at the start of the book. Uh, and I'd say to I'd say to you before man, this is I want to read your book first before I get you on uh, and do this podcast kind of live stuff. And but we were talking about it tonight. And uh, you just said, let's, let's just, just let's do it just now. So, yeah, nothing to hide. So, if you ask me any questions, I'm pretty much literally an open book, you know. So, I'm trying to do this Green Sunrise podcast. I'm trying to interview people. And uh, we, I spoke to you about doing this, this mind map. And, right. just, and this is how my question is going to be. I'm going to question people with. I'd actually start with one from my very first guy. This guy's name is Baram Uri. So I put that in there. 
I turned it round and it said, it said Minds Map. And I thought, <laughs> there's a space there's a space there at the, the end for a Y. So I said, I've now got it Mindy Map. So, <laughs> so I've now got a Mindy Map. And I've started to write down all the questions that I was going to ask you. And uh, obviously, the military and your family, stuff like that. And then, obviously, film and feed my city. So this could go, this could go, it could be so much. But where would you like to start and tell me your story about, uh, obviously, when you first joined the army? Because obviously, you've been through a bit just now. Uh, so when I first joined the army, it was basically to get away from family dynamics. The dynamics had gotten to the point where I was kind of needing something different. And I gave up my running scholarship. I had a full running scholarship to UC Berkeley. I gave that up to go to the military because at the time, they were still training as if they were going to go to another war. And I had wanted, if there was another war, to you know sign up. And so... Yeah. I, I, my whole dream when I was younger was to become a doctor. I had watched brain surgery when I was five. So my whole life has only been medical. I've always wanted medical. And my mom put me in modeling and she loved yeah. theater and she wanted all of that. So it was literally like I was running away from all of that to go into the military. And then it just kind of fast forward through the military and some things happen. Um, I got sick in Bosnia. I ended up having appendicitis and pancreatitis at the same time and almost died. I've been in three comas and I've had four organs taken out. I've ended up being diabetic because of it. I've had uh, an islet cell transplant that failed that making me diabetic as well. Um, and then I've had two stem cell transplants. One is called mesenchymal, which somewhat worked. And then I had an exosomal stem cell transplant, which took down the burning that I have, which I have a condition called chronic regional pain syndrome, and it's taken the burning down 50% as well as my legs don't, they used to swell up like yeah. a big elephant and I'd have to lower my legs. Um, and I have not been having the, those issues since I had that transplant over a year ago. So yeah, I'm really excited about science. I was reading that with, the st <clears throat> with your stem cell and how the, obviously the stem cell transplant that you got and how it's working and how it's now it's taking time to, to develop and make you even better. And you're getting yeah. a lot of, you're getting a lot from that, I take it. I've benefited uh, tremendously from that and then also all of the therapy that I've done up until now. But I've also noticed the biggest changes in doing something called neurofeedback. And that's where you put in there's an image that basically attaches to this computer and then they put little electrodes on your scalp basically on your head and it reads the images as well as putting on music and the way that the brain waves work it calms different waves called alpha and theta waves depending on where you're at and if you have what's called a traumatic brain injury then it helps kind of rewire and re-network the brain so that because I have what's called post-traumatic stress disorder from the mm -hmm. trauma yeah. that I've experienced. My life. Yeah, of course. But it changes the brain. So what neurofeedback does is it kind of calms the brain down and kind of just helps it like soothe itself sometimes so that the brain's not always on 
attack mode or I'm not thinking somebody's always going to assault me so that basically I can kind of get through life without having all these triggers constantly going because the more stress you have, the more your adrenals have to work and the more your kidneys and your, your thyroid and your cortisol and everything else, it's affecting your system. So the calmer that we can be and the more alkaline our body is, which is a body of stasis, our body wants to be in that homeostasis kind of balanced out state. But when you're revving your system up constantly, 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 your organs eventually will break down. And that's, you know, stress, disease, cancer. And so what I've done to transition is I've learned basically to create this modality of as much peace as I can get. So I walk the canyon, I meditate, I color in mandalas and garden when it gets warmer. Aye. That's that you're going to take these skills you've obviously learned some skills from this and you've you've been using it to help other people yeah yeah i mean i wouldn't i would never i wouldn't say i wanted to get tortured again don't get me wrong no but i wouldn't take those experiences back either because i've met so many amazing people along this path in the last especially the last three or four years to get me to here mm-hmm. that have really propelled me into having hope in my own life and being able to help others. What I really desire is for Feed My City to keep growing internationally. And, and it's both a concept with both feeding people knowledge and food for themselves and teaching children to grow like at least two plants, one that yeah. they can grow for themselves and then another that they can just give away to a friend, a neighbor, or somebody that they don't even know, so that they learn how to detach from things and that they're not attached to material things as yeah. well. So that they can feed themselves and feed others as well if they wanted to grow a garden. Like, I put trees and stuff in my backyard. Little did I know it was going to take five or six years to start growing. But yeah, once they flourish, you know, I can give my fruits to High Desert Food and Farm Alliance and different components that have uh like food banks and child advocacy groups and that can spread all over the world and eventually i would like to get a plot into the jail system so that i can teach people to get literally out of their box and out of their mind because sometimes the worst enemy is ourselves and what's going on in our mind and so if i can teach them how to grow then maybe they'll come back and want to to grow within society and try to change at least a few people. I mean, I'm not going to change everybody, but, you know, if I can change a few here and there and, and help them not want to go back to jail because they're so scared of not knowing the system. And some have been in so long that they forget what freedom is really like. Mm-hmm. And so maybe, you know, we can substantially help some of these people that are in jail understand that if you got out of your cell and out of your box and out of your mind you can help yourself and help other people too yeah and you're only going to get positivity from that you're only going to get them seeing the light as i like to call it uh you show people the light and hopefully that they can show or even just some shed some light in their darkness yeah. And if they can see some light, then maybe they'll hold on to that one ounce of hope and not want to hurt other people yeah. or themselves. Yeah. And I said to you before, I said to you uh, earlier on, I said, if you can help one person, then that should be enough. 
But with them, with then I said, no, I'm greedy. No. I want to help more than one person. Not, if I help one more one person, then my mission is over. So. It's over. You know, I did say it was over. It's going to be a continuous mission. Uh, your book, your book obviously tells tells uh, me what's happened in your life. But does your book obviously tell you what the future holds, or what you hope the future? No, holds? I actually don't really put much into the future um, as far as dating. I'm single. And yeah. I know that you and I had spoken about that. Yeah, when people are finding, you know, looking for this holy art thou, you know, or they yeah. have these misconceptions about Valentine's Day, I'm really happy, solidly and whole on my own. So yeah. I feel like there's this misperception sometimes that people are so wanting to latch on to somebody or needing somebody to feel whole or missing a connection when Really, I feel that if we became whole ourselves, we'll eventually find the people that we're supposed to be with. Yeah. And if not, that's okay, too. Um, I'm at this point not looking. Uh, but if it happens, it happens. Um, but to be honest with you, I'm so happy being single. I, I love being with myself. So I don't really... I mean, intimacy is great, don't get me wrong, but I don't really, I don't really crave getting married. No, I'm, I'm glad you, you said that because I spoke to you about uh, the, one of the questions I was going to ask you and I thought, I, I want to ask you about your love life because that's what everybody wants to know. Don't we, we, we all kind of go, ah, she must be going to see somebody, she must be going to be with somebody, who's next to be in her life, who's she going to marry and all this, all these extra pressures that are getting put to you. But when you said that, it was like, hey, son, no, do you know something, you're talking to, straight to my heart, I mean, you don't need to be with somebody. You just be that whole person. And just because, and just because I'm beautiful or, or you know, anybody yep. else, I, I feel like I'm a thousand times more beautiful on the inside than the outside. Yeah. And, and obviously we see each other and, you know, we fall in lust with people. Yeah. That's just it. I think people get that misperception of like, ooh, I met you and now I want to hold on so tight that they don't allow other things to come into their lives the way that things could be. And for me, marriage is like a forever, ever kind of thing. And forever is a long time. I want to spend with one person. And I don't know if that's in my wheelhouse either. You know, not that I'm dating like thousands of people because I'm not. I'm not dating anyone. But I just don't see myself settling down with one person forever. And no. I became an ordained minister because somebody asked me to, to to do their wedding from Europe. You know, they wanted to have a Viking wedding. And yeah. I said, the reason we're asking you is because you lost your religion and you believe in a universal power. So that's uh, we, we don't want a traditional wedding. I'm like, are you sure you want me to officiate your wedding? So because of COVID, it kind of closed things down. They've been waiting to, you know, they've been waiting all this time to basically get married but once they can cross the borders and you know figure that out so i don't mind helping other people get married or yeah of course people falling in love i just don't see it for me personally yeah no as i say it was good it was good because that it's like you're you're giving me that that option then because i think that most people believe that there's a pressure on them to meet somebody right and i'm not saying that might happen but you put a pressure on it to meet somebody and before you know you're just you're doing the same things you've done before and you're not becoming or you're better. Meeting somebody that wouldn't even normally that you would just settle for 
or yeah. that you think is, you know, is going to be providing all of these things for you. And then, like I said earlier, before we got, before we were recording, some people will just roll over to the right, roll over to the left. I'm going to work. This person's going to work. And then they don't even see each other. They're not even friends anymore. And they're fighting about stuff that wouldn't even bother them normally. So I don't know. I think that there's this huge misperception about falling in love, especially with Valentine's Day coming up yeah. in a few days. People get this neediness about, oh, you know, who am I going to date for Valentine's Day? And I know. What am I going to do? And it's like, I'm going to do the same thing I did yesterday, which is wake up on a new day and go to sleep I'm, at night. I'm going to, I'm going to see how my, my plants are growing. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the, the feedback city stuff is, I mean, that that's, you're obviously creating a community there, right? And I suppose the long-term goals, long-term goals for that would be to help as many people as you can. To, right, and to survive. spread it throughout the world. And I, right now I'm using my own disability money to actually fund all of this, and I've been doing this yeah. from the beginning. And so, basically, I want Little did I know it was going to spread throughout the world like it is, but it's been an amazing process to see this. Yeah. And as soon as I can get even more funding, I'll be pushing more trees out to other people and friends of mine that I can buy trees for so that they can flourish as well. And it's all about continuing this growth and continuing to help feed people the knowledge and then going to schools when they open again. Going yeah, to schools and teaching teenagers that, you know, in order to become a full human being, let's grow from the inside out. And if they like gardening and stuff like that, then maybe we can have gardens on the school grounds as well and teach children how to grow from the inside out and teach them about plants and then teaching them not that they have to care for something that's not even going to behoove them or even help them yeah. help somebody else, you know. So it literally teaches them detachment from materialism and detachment from themselves because they, gotta, they have to think about somebody else. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like... It's not as if it's a, uh, if it's sort of, because when I thought about gardening, right, I'm thinking, because I'm only just starting to look at stuff differently. I've always looked at stuff differently anyway, but when I'm looking at gardening and looking at plants and stuff like that, you, you start to go like that, God, that's beautiful, isn't it? It's really beautiful. And it, then you start to think, is that because, is that because I'm over the age of 40? <laughs> it's like, no, it's because... I think it's a beautiful thing that, that you know, yeah. even, even kids enjoy. Yeah, kids love it. Stuff grow you know it's like, I, oh, I, I planted this and yep. they have a part in it you know and watching those flowers grow or watching strawberries grow watching apples grow it teaches them also science it also teaches yep. them what goes into the ground you know the ecosystem and, and yep. how oxygen works and how photosynthesis works I mean, it's yep. just, I mean it sounds silly and it's basic but it's also we can teach them so many different things of course. Gardening, you know, in different concepts as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so, obviously, uh, we've tapped on a lot about that, about your Feed My City. How, how did the idea come, Feed My City? Who was it that came, came up with the idea? Or was it a collaboration between you and other people, or was it yourself? So I thought I was dying, and so I wanted to leave a legacy behind. So I was filling out my five wishes and filling out stuff to, um, I was going to sign up for hospice because in the state of Oregon, they have 
what's called compassionate dying. And um, I was at my wits ends with CRPS. I was burning, my foot was burning from toe to like up my spinal cord and, and like having my face twitch all the time and my oh body my doing undulations. It was like literally twitching my spine out of control and um my left leg i would always, i'd have to have it above my eyebrows or it would just swell like this big and turn oh my god so i didn't know how much longer i could live with this and um a friend of mine reached out and he ended up being my my publisher robbie grayson and, and got me this first stem cell transplant a year later after I wrote Mindy Spike, which is an e-reader. And yeah. two years later, after I did this last stem cell transplant, I've gotten a lot better. But Feed My City, I figured even if I had died, that I could leave a legacy behind by leaving these trees behind. And I bought trees for friends of mine. And I said, whatever you buy, I'll match. So if they bought plum trees, apple trees, pear trees, I just bought a bunch of those. And then I put... Um, a bunch. I put ten trees in my backyard. I have little. I have less than a half an acre. So I mean, I literally yeah. shoved them all in there, and um, and then I lived. <laughs> and so now you know I'm waiting for them to flourish. And when they do, I will be giving a portion of it away. I'll be feeding myself, and then feeding. You know, there's there's not much out there, but to be able to do it on other people's land uh, is, is easier, you know, buying plants and stuff like that and buying trees. And, and what I've been doing in my community is trading seeds as well. Like, oh, you need cucumber here? I got cucumber. You want kale? You want lettuce? You want carrot? You want radish? What do you want? You know? So I've been going out and kind of doing that as well on uh, my free time. Your, your feed, your, Mindy, your feed my cities is so spiritual and it's connected to you. And it's actually, it's actually saved you? It is my life. It's your life. City, no matter what I do, um, I've written two books now, yeah. and I'll be no, no, in, first, in films as well, but no matter what, Feed My City is always going to be a piece of my heart, and yeah. the money that I receive, I, I give half, mostly, to Feed My City so that I can keep keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. How, how's the how's resilient warrior? How's that came across for other people? If you had good good great feedback, because obviously I'm just starting it at the moment. So your first first of all, your first book was Mindy's fight, wasn't it? Is that your first book? Mindy's fight was the e-reader, and that was more of a raw, angrier. Nice. Then well. I came. Then I came up with a resilient warrior that kind of honeycombs it all up in, in, in a brief synopsis that goes from childhood overcoming incestual and sexual abuse. I was gang raped uh, by my brother's friends at the age of 10, and my best friend had to watch by four guys. Oh, my goodness. All the way up to abuse throughout, and then dating somebody who was mentally abusive, and he was a narcissist who had a child and I ended up staying in that relationship a little too long. And I think that's why I've learned my lesson as far as wanting to really become whole before I ever date again. Because I think that when I was a workaholic and I was a trauma nurse, interventional radiology nurse, I would work 
four or five days and then be on call for seven straight days. So when I was on call, it was like they could call me at three in the morning and then I'd still have to go to work that day. So being a workaholic, I didn't have to think about my trauma. I didn't have to think about my issues. And I think that's also what led into the abusive relationship is because I didn't really know who I was. So those red flags, I was kind of like, oh, this is okay. This is okay. And then I began to tolerate little by little by little the abuse until it became full-fledged where he was almost, you know, he hit, he was about to hit his son in the face and I caught his hand. And and that was, and then he grabbed my hand a little too hard and I was like, you don't let me go. There's going to be a problem and your son mm-hmm. right next to us, so I suggest you let me go. And then he let it go. And from that point forward, it, it was, I was done with the relationship. And that was in 2013. And then just shortly after in 2014, um, unfortunately, I was tortured by our United States government. So I spent literally like the last, well, I guess it's seven years now because we're in 2021. Yeah. March 12th will be my anniversary of, of what happened. So, And I left um, July 9th. So between all of that that happened... I think it was necessary because I was a workaholic and I didn't want to deal with my problems. I didn't want to have to go back through that trauma of childhood and realizing like how much I had really gone through. I, you know, pushed it down and pretended that things were fine in a fantasy world. And that's what I tell people, you know, I, I would rather have people learn from my experiences and learn from my mistakes than to ever have somebody ever even go through an ounce of what I've gone through. I understand yeah. that my life has been full of trauma and stuff like that, but I also show people, no matter what I've gone through, there's still a smile on my face. Yes, yeah. I get angry. Yes, there are some times where I, yeah. I, you know, despise the behaviors of people. And I'm also human, you know, I'm still working through triggers and stuff like that. But I really genuinely work on myself so that I can become a better human being through all of this. It's, it's what you're creating now. Uh, and you, like I've said uh, before, you, you wouldn't give your past back. Obviously, you would do it differently, but what it's done is it's made you who you are now. It's made I don't you... I know if I would actually do my past differently because yeah. it's brought me here. It's brought you here. I'm finally at a place of, of like surrendering to what happened. Not that I'm okay with it. Not mm-hmm. that I forgive the people that did the things that did, yeah. that did those things to me because I don't. Yeah. And not that I would ever even gain my Christianity back because I I lost the ability to even believe in God anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I was a devout Christian. I was very brought up in a very yeah. you know, solid Christian. You know, my grandfather was a pastor. My mom went to the ministry and, you know, went to... Um, Guadalajara and you know they all they all did these missions when I was younger and so I used to feed the homeless when I was younger and do what's called you know you hold grandma and grandpa's hands until they pass on and then you know you go through that outlet so learning that at such a young age I think it just established something for me later on but I wouldn't even change my past because of where I'm at now and now that I'm learning different things and I think that there's an honest future for me at this point yeah uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, you're, obviously I'm all at the start of your book like I've said and it tells you a wee bit of, obviously that about your past and about the 
obviously the religion part and the fact that you can't go there, you can't go back to that uh, because it was. I suppose we're not saying that religion's bad, but what we're saying is what happened to you. Uh, it's just just shouldn't have, shouldn't have happened. Obviously, uh, we your mum in that. So I mean, that's at the start of the book. But like I say, there's there's a lot. I suppose there's a lot to take on with that. Uh, I'm sure it's a lot to digest. <laughs> you you were very uh, obviously again at the start your school you did your track and field which your game of school when you were in sports was track and field there wasn't just the one thing you wanted you wanted to do everything didn't you? Oh yeah, I was so I was mostly doing running track and field and I did soccer. Um, I was bet by uh, like a friend of mine that I wouldn't make the wrestling team so I tried out for the wrestling team and then I made it so right. I ended up doing that just you know for fun my senior year and I also yeah. did water polo which is kind of if you don't know what that is it's like soccer with your hand in the water so uh, you yeah. do like egg yeah. and stuff like that and then right. um, I went to college for nursing school and became a trauma became a trauma nurse uh, first I did cancer for 90 days then I went to um, hospice for a little bit and every time I heard the ambulances you know it kind of called me in so I wanted to be a trauma nurse so I ended up being trauma and interventional radiology until up until 2014 and maybe eventually I'll get back into it the way that I used to but at this point in time with COVID it seems like people are wearing no, it's not. suits just to go in and, and I've changed into a different future and right now um i became the co-owner of dragon slayer entertainment which is film and eventually you know hopefully we'll get into um different modalities of things you know um what's happening with what's happening with what's happening with dragon slayer what's what's on yeah your 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 plans with dragon slayer working on a tv series uh called harmony and right. that's called uh, basically Western and American Indians learning to live as one in harmony. We'll be filming that in New Mexico um, come October. And also we're working on a movie at the same time um, called was Church a- of the Flag. And then also right. another one called The World Wonders, which will be in 2023. And that's a World War II movie, The Pacific War. And uh, another one called The Message. So there's a few movies and a few TV series that we're working on all, you know, not all at once, but kind of at once where all the writers and stuff are coming together. And yeah, really makes me excited about the future and what it holds with any films that, you know, that we're doing and becoming, you know, production, doing the producing. And right now I'm doing social media marketing as well. So. Basically, I'm social media marketing for Dragon Slayer Entertainment. Brilliant. And you're, you're working with uh, Bobby as well, wasn't it? Obviously, because we met through Bobby Robertson. Is he working yeah, so with we'll you? be working together, and he'll be in the movie called The Message. The Message, that's what I, I see that there. Oh, that brilliant. That'll be absolutely so awesome. That'll be in, I think we're working on that one in 2023. From my 23. Yeah, hopefully it will all go as well. Uh, We've, we've covered absolutely everything that kind of... Because I was talking about questions where I want to go, right, we'll talk about this, we'll talk about that. And I was going so to... So if people want to visit my site, they can go yep, to www.feedmycity.net. Right. Yep. 
or Amazon.com, which has the resilient. It has a resilient warrior, and my mm-hmm. name is Mindy Doherty. Yeah. And this is what it looks like. Yes, because that's what I've, I've just bought it today, and I've got I've got the Kindle version, but I'm waiting for that to come through the door as well. So that's going to come through the door. So I was going to do that first, but this is beautiful. So that's what you'll see once you get it. Yep. Yep. Um, that's come through my door as well. So I'm, I'm reading the Kindle version at the moment, but I'll right. have the other one. Because it's one, it's one of these books you can pass on as well. I'll pass on to my girl and stuff like that. My, right. My boy as well, to be fair. But uh, yeah, you got to pass on it uh, and get back yeah, to I would love anybody that wants to read my book or get me into schools and stuff like that would be great. Yep. You know, I, I just want to spread my message as far as we can take it. No, good, good. Uh, I'm just so glad that we met. I'm so glad that you uh, said that you come on the podcast. Uh, and obviously I became friends with you as well now, so it's really good. Uh, and you're going to give us more ideas on how how this goes, Green Sunrise, and where it can go as well. So it's going to just add another, add, add more skills to it uh, and help sure. people. Because both of us are trying to do the same thing. We're trying to help people, uh, show people the light. Right. So, Any so light is better than no light. And one ounce of hope can bring somebody to move mountains if they want to. Definitely. Definitely. Mindy, thank you. Speaking to you. And you're saying, but this won't be the last. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll do something else. We will, we will collaborate on something else. Uh, feed, feed my city Glasgow style. Uh, but definitely. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for telling us the story. And I will speak to you soon. Have a good day. Thank you so much. Bye bye.